0: Hey there, welcome back to the show. I am really excited for you to hear from my friend Brittany today all about what it's like being a boutique agency owner. And if you've ever thought about having an agency to grow your business. What is an agency? What does that look like? How do I manage multiple people? How do I hire the right people? All those questions that you're wondering, I wanted you to hear from somebody who made the transition to go from, first she was a course creator, then she was a freelancer, and then she shifted into the agency model. And what all those transitions have looked like for her, how it's grown her business, how it's helped her business, different things that she's liked about it. So I'm really excited for you to be a fly on the wall in this conversation. You're definitely going to love it. Without further ado, let's dive on into the show. desire. Let's dive on into the show. Hey, Brittany, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for being here with me.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I feel like we've been in like each other's orbit for so long and it's nice to like, finally get to talk to you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. We probably just sat on here before we press record for a good fifteen minutes, just chatting all things personal and family. So um, I know you and I have a lot in common and a lot to relate to, and I know my audience is going to love this conversation from you. So I would first just love for you to take a minute and tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. I know we're going to dive like deep into your journey too and your transitions that you went through, but just give us a little background about who you are, if my audience doesn't already know you.
1: Of course. So I'm Brittany Rincon, and I am the founder of Hello Podcast Media, which is a podcast production and marketing agency for women entrepreneurs. And I work with a lot of um, women of color who are starting their businesses and really wanting to get it off the ground through podcasting primarily. So it's really exciting to see behind the scenes of their business through the lens of podcasting as their main platform. And I did not start in the podcasting world, which is so funny. I actually am a teacher. I spent about 10 years in the classroom and I started a podcast as an educator to help other people who were also in the classroom. And then I started getting questions like, how did you start that podcast? And like, what kind of technology do you use? And things like that. So I started helping educators um, start their own shows just like on the side. And then that slowly grew into the business that I have today. So I have pivoted my business and oh, a couple of times, I would say, over the years. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. I actually still currently work with my very first client about like a year, year and a half later, which is really exciting as well because both of our businesses have been like transitioning together and i also um i have three sons so my house is very very busy and <laughs> my husband's also an educator as well so like it's always like in and out of the door we've got tons of things going on and events so building my business around my life was really important to me so that i can do the things that i want to do but still have the time to connect with amazing people and typically after hours i would say like after bedtime is like my golden hour i would say <laughs> I love it. Brittany, are you still in the classroom or are no longer in the classroom? So I actually transitioned into a different position in education, which is really exciting. So I'm no longer in the classroom, but I do still work in a school, which is exciting. And I also do my business as well. Okay. So that's a a really great point
0: because I want to ask you, like you've already mentioned a lot of different things that you have going on, not only personally, but in your business. So I know a question that I get a lot and I would love to get your insight on it is how do, you, how do you juggle? How do you juggle all the things, your kids, your full-time job and running a thriving business?
1: Yeah. So I think in the beginning I didn't at all and I still really don't, but I have gotten a lot better at boundaries. I would say in the beginning, I any like spare moment I had, I was I was focusing on my business and I had like, open hours so to speak like whenever you know i was available like i was kind of like on like i was available on slack or i was available on boxer and i realized that that was really burning me out and i started to kind of set some really strong boundaries so like i won't talk to clients on the weekends anymore or i won't talk to clients during certain hours so that i can really make sure that i set those like quote unquote work hours around my my job and around my family time so that everything's kind of in its own, um, not its own box, but kind of in its own place in my brain so that I can make sure that I'm not kind of robbing time from one area to kind of plug another, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It does. And I I was very much like that in the beginning too. And I think to a certain extent, I mean, if you are really great at setting boundaries from the beginning, like more power to you. I know that I, that was something that I struggled with, but I also feel at the same time too, when you are getting your business off the ground, it might require a little bit more flexibility on your end, just because like you're trying to figure out a way to, to grow this, to, to get this off the ground, to get those first couple of clients. So I know for me, maybe it was like, I set that precedent for myself. And I remember, I'm trying to think it was probably two summers ago, maybe three that I like, I was always like working on the weekends. Like I just, it was something that I always did because I was like, well, I have the ability to do it. I have that flexibility. So if something doesn't get done during the week, like I can just do it on a Saturday. And I think my husband was like, you know, our, our weekends in the summer is when we're supposed to be doing stuff and we're supposed to be spending time together as a family. And it was like that moment where I was like, you're right. I just need to be more productive during the time that I have and and also stop giving myself that excuse of like, oh, well, I can just move it here. I think there's a time and place for that. Of course, like right now, you and I are are podcasting later at night, which is not something that I usually do. I usually do a lot of my podcast stuff in the during the day, but I also allow myself that wiggle room that like if I need to make an adjustment or if somebody needs to record at a later time, like I can do that, but also being... Really, more so than not, being really consistent on like, what are those work hours? When am I going to stop looking at my email? Like, when am I going to turn that part of my brain off? Because you're right, like, it can bleed into so many different areas if you let it.
1: Oh, definitely. And I think a big thing too is like, it helps that my husband and I and our kids all go and work in the same school. So like we are spending a lot of time together during those hours as well. So then sometimes I feel like when it is like a quote unquote work night or a work like afternoon for me, like I am able to kind of feel like I'm not taking away from certain things because I have set aside that time and it helps a little bit, but not completely with that like mom guilt, I will say.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, so I want to dive in because I think you brought up such an interesting point of something that even happened to me too. When I started my podcast, I didn't really have any idea of what it was going to turn into other than the fact that I was like, hey, I have a voice and I love listening to podcasts. So this is a really great way for me to start putting a message out into the world. And even though I didn't know what it really was gonna look like or what it was going to to evolve into, I was just... I'm one of those people that it's like, I have to do it now or I will do it never. So I don't always need to have all the pieces and all the, you know, steps mapped out for me. Sometimes it's better for me to just dive right in. But I did the same thing as you is like, people just started asking me like, hey, how did you do this thing? Which was for me, like start my freelance business, walk away from my teaching job, replace my income. And it was in the listening to those breadcrumbs of like, oh, this is what I should actually be talking about and teaching about because this is what people want to learn from me. So did you have that intention going into starting your podcast or was it did you start it out with like that different idea? And then it just because that's what people were asking you for, you allowed it to evolve.
1: It was definitely an evolution. My first podcast was called the teacher leader podcast. And it was really about my experiences in the classroom and like how to be a teacher leader and just like meeting and and connecting with other educators. And I was able to meet and connect with other educators who also wanted to go into podcasting. So originally it was more of a like coaching like I walk them through the process and it was awesome and then I started taking over the production of some of their shows and I would handle the editing and help them with the strategy of marketing and then that's how my business kind of evolved into what it is today where I'm actually handling a lot of the behind the scenes for some other shows. And that was definitely not my intention at all, but I love it. I love being able to peek into other people's businesses and seeing how their podcast fits into their marketing model and really making it the center of their marketing model. So I've just learned a lot over the years about the podcasting industry As a whole, and then how it fits into the niche of like entrepreneurship and your business model and your offers and how it all kind of ties together.
0: So, your transition is really a really interesting one, too, because and maybe just because I'm speaking for myself, but I think what I have seen a lot, I know that was my path, was start off as the freelancer, the service based business, and then evolve into more of this coach coach, like course creator role. And you kind of did the reverse where it was, I'm going to be this coach. And then because this is what people are asking for me, I'm going to start offering this other leg of my business, which is the service based done for you podcast launch. So how was that transition for you? Did you feel like you were, it was an easier transition than the coaching side of things? I would love to just get your perspective on that.
1: Of course. And I totally agree. I feel like I meet a lot of people who start off kind of like doing a lot of service space and then go in the other direction, which is awesome. And for me, it was like the total opposite. My The first thing that I actually put out was a course um, and that was really fun and I really enjoyed it. But then I realized that like one course just like wasn't enough and I wanted to really help in a different way. And I really love that like one-on-one interaction. So that's how I kind of went into the service space business or the side of my business. And the transition was pretty seamless because at the time I really wasn't sure if I was doing something that could make a difference. You know, like sometimes like being on that big scale, I was like, is it working? Am I really connecting with people? But being in that like one-on-one interaction, it was like kind of a way for me to feel like I was making a difference in one show. And then that grew into another way. And it also helped me evolve my skills as well and kind of build, build a presence, you know, on like a, on a platform, like a podcast with someone along the way and see like what was working and what wasn't working. And the same for my business, like what was working as like a service provider and what wasn't working.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I can totally relate to that too. So I know that there are a lot of people listening right now who, most of the people who come into my community start out in that virtual assistant role because they're looking for a way to make money from home. They kind of feel like, I don't know if I have any specialized skills yet, so I'm going to dabble in a few different things, get my hands um, in a few different things, working with business owners until I figure out like what my main thing is. And more recently, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about this idea of niching down into podcast management, but some of them are feeling like, well, are podcasts still a thing? Like, are people still doing podcasts? I know video content is blowing up. So is this even something that would be lucrative for me? So I would love to get your opinion on that, seeing how you've you're you're in the behind the scenes of a lot of people's business. Like people probably are still coming to you wanting to launch podcasts. So I would just love for you to share your insight on that.
1: Definitely. I, you know, we are still launching podcasts and people are still looking for other, other avenues to share their content. And obviously, podcasting is just one way. And there has been a shift, right? There's been a shift in the last, I would say, like maybe in the last year, really going for those video podcasts. And I think one thing that people don't realize is that you can do both. Like you can strip the audio from a lot of the things that you're recording, like for, for your video content and Publish it on um, on on a podcast and have it on that platform as well, so that it's living in multiple places. Because not everyone really wants, you know, go the whole YouTube route or create like long form content and video. Maybe they just want to record snippets and use that for reels or on TikTok and things like that, but still have the bulk of their content as a podcast episode on that platform. And that's really what I'm seeing more of, I will say, Um, just having those snippets for social media and for marketing and for promotion and then still having like those full episodes because people love to just listen like in the car or as they're folding laundry or things like that where they can't really like put 100% of their focus like on a screen and they just want to like consume content on the go.
0: Yeah, I know that I'm totally like that. And don't get me wrong. I love a good like YouTube video, and I love video content. I'm, I'm all about TikTok and Reels. But you're so right. If I if I actually want to digest some type of long form content, it's it's a podcast for me. You know. I I don't even, I can't even tell you the last time I really read a blog post and even if there was a blog post like I'm constantly looking to see like do they have some type of type of podcast that goes along with this like one of the most recent things that I was researching and I actually did find a podcast for it was we got a new puppy a few weeks ago and I the first, the last time I had a puppy was 11 years ago so I felt very unequipped it's kind of like bringing home a new baby and I knew when I had my first dog 11 years ago, I didn't really know what I was doing. Like I did not know the correct way to train a dog. So I, of course, did my research. I found this person online and then I was like, do they have some type of audio content that I can listen to in the morning, in the car? And sure enough, they did. And that was how I kind of learned the ropes of training a puppy again, which is so random. I never thought that that would be the type of podcast content that I would listen to. But there is pretty much a, a podcast for anything. And I agree with you 100% that it's such a great way for people to digest information and feel like they're doing something to to learn and grow without feeling like, well, I have to carve out this time to read this long blog post or to read this book or to watch this YouTube video. Like I can listen to it on the go. Um, and so it makes that so much more digestible for them.
1: Definitely. And I think a lot of people too think it's like one or one or the other, like you have to do either a blog or a YouTube channel or a podcast. And the reality is a lot of people are kind of creating the same content and then publishing it on multiple platforms. So like you can record your podcast episode and use that content across all of your other social media platforms. And I know a lot of podcast managers who primarily focus on just that one piece and not necessarily the editing of it just the repurposing of it yeah that's so
0: so huge i know that people will ask me because i'm i'm my social media platform of choice outside of having my podcast the other place that i really like to show up is tiktok and i remember a lot of people feeling like well it's another platform that i have to learn and how am i going to do it and how am i going to come up with all this idea all these ideas and i'm like Well, if you have long form content that you're putting out, which you should be doing, you know, you should be doing something outside of social media that's your own, whether that's your blog, whether that's a podcast, I just take that content and I'm basically stripping those ideas or those concepts or those teaching points and I'm just making it into a video. So I'm working smarter, not harder. I'm not having to rework it. So that is so true and such a good point to bring up that I think that's something that could even set you apart if you're looking to offer podcast management is how can I add something in that's going to make it a no-brainer for that person? If you're able to say like, not only am I going to help you get your podcast out into the world and manage it monthly, I'm going to help you create a really solid plan so that we can repurpose this on across multiple different platforms without doing a ton of extra work so that you can get seen by more people
1: without having to feel like I have to show up on all these different platforms. Exactly. And honestly, like that that pitch to a client is really like a really big high ticket item. So like if you're looking to work with less people but have a higher ticket offer as a service provider, like that's the way you do it by being able to kind of not just edit their show, right? Not just do like one part of it where they then have to hire everyone else to do the other pieces, but being that one-stop shop so that they know they come to you and you're able to provide all these different like levels of service within the same, the same niche of podcasting.
0: Yeah. So I would love to talk about this transition because I know you started as kind of this just like podcast manager doing this one one on one with clients and then you transition into being more of an agency. So I would love for you to share about that for people who are like, I don't even know what that is or what that could look like if this is something that as they get into their business, they want to transition into this type of model.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it really depends on if that's something you want to do. Some people love being like a one-stop show or like, you know, a solo entrepreneur and that's awesome. Um, But if you do kind of want to branch out and be able to service more clients or be able to offer more, not only say packages, but maybe services, you can go the agency route model. And it doesn't have to be huge. I think when people think of the word agency, they think of like, they think of like a marketing agency in like a 2010 like movie where there's like rows and rows of desks and there's like millions of employees. And it's not always like that. Like you can have work with three people and still be an agency or a boutique agency. And that's kind of like the model that I really enjoy because I like working with just a couple of people, but it, it helps me take on more clients. So I have people who help with editing or who handle certain clients. And then I have people who help with other parts. So for example, um, the way I structure my business is I have I have actually um, joined forces with other service-based business owners to help with graphics. So if you come to Hello Podcast Media because you want to launch a podcast, we have a package where we not only help you launch your show, but we have someone that we work with that does the cover art for you, that does all the graphics for promotions. And that's part of the package that you would pay for us, but you're also getting you know, the, the work of her. And she works with us, but she also runs her own business as well, where she does like website design. So I think there's a lot of different ways you can structure an agency model and be able to kind of offer all these different things, but still kind of make it work for you and, and what your vision is for your own business.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think the next question that I I know that I will get asked because I know this has been a topic that has come up in um, conversations that I've had with students and with women in my mastermind is thinking about you know growing, again, not a huge team, but some support that can help them service clients either better or service more clients. And I think a lot of their hang up on it is, well, a client's hiring me and how are they going to feel if there's somebody else doing the work? So I'd love to know how you've approached that being that you did make that transition from you were the one at first, like doing all the things and then bringing on some support to help with these other more, not necessarily specialized areas, but maybe you noticing or realizing like, hey, I'm not the best at graphics or I'm not the best at this, or I don't want to spend my time doing this anymore. Like I've done that long enough. And so I'm going to bring somebody on that. That is their sweet spot. How do you handle those type of conversations with your prospective clients when they're going through that um, discovery call process with you?
1: Well, I think one of the things is just really transparency right from the beginning. So like I do let clients know when we're meeting that, you know, Hello Podcast Media is a team and there's multiple people that work in this team and we all can handle different things. And you'll have someone that is your main contact. And the reason that we do that is because not, you know, one person's not good at everything. And we all have our own skills that we bring to the table to make sure that, you know, your podcast is the best that it can be. And that's our number one goal. And the other part of it is also messaging. Like the messaging is that you are hiring us for our expertise and for our framework. And this is the process that we do when we are working with a podcast. This is our, you know, step-by-step protocol that we handle with all of our clients, regardless of who is actually, you know, editing the show or creating the graphics. And that is the, you know, like, that's really like the secret sauce of the business. And that's what you're here for. Because the reality is, yes, you can kind of like go anywhere and find an editor if you want to. But you know, when you're coming to us, you're coming to us for a bigger purpose, a bigger picture, so that it is editing, but it's also that like strategy. It's that expertise. It's that experience. And that's really, you know, what, what we can offer that's different from anyone else.
0: And I think even just the way you, even before I asked you that question, the way that you were talking about what you offer and what you do, it wasn't, you know, I do this, you were, you start, you know, right away we're saying we. So even I think in that kind of language that you're using in your marketing, when somebody is learning about you or maybe following you along on social media, using that type of language, like we do this and this is what we do and this is how we support clients. Like even using that language, it's kind of almost prepping the clients to know like, that it's not just you, that you have a support. And like I love those points that you brought up of of why it's a benefit to the client as opposed to a hindrance, because I think that's where a lot of our minds go. Well, our clients, are they gonna be happy? And are they gonna think that I'm just gonna like, you know, hire them on and then drop, you know, like totally walk away and have all these other people doing the stuff in the background and I'm not even a part of it? Like really spinning it in the way that it talks about the benefit for that client of hiring on the agency as opposed to Um, the negative piece or just like, you know, not necessarily negative, but maybe those not so great things that we tend to let our mind go to.
1: Definitely. And I think, you know, one way of phrasing it to clients is that, you know, even in your own business, you're hiring out, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. hiring out to make things easier, to simplify certain things, to, you know, either buy buy back your time or to get experience in another area that you just don't have it in. And it's the same for, you know, our company as well. Like we want to make sure that we're providing you with the best service possible. So we're going to bring in other minds because we work better together, you know, as a team. And it's kind of that same idea. Yeah. So as we start to
0: wrap things up, I would love to just chat briefly because I know this is something that you are really passionate about is finding clients through either podcasting or podcast guesting or, you know, having your own show. So do you want to touch on that and how service-based businesses, freelancers can use a podcast as a way to connect and grow and network with potential clients as opposed to some of those other traditional routes that We might hear about to find clients like Facebook groups and Instagram and, um, you know, referrals using a podcast.
1: Yeah, well, it really depends a lot on how you structure your show. So one great thing that I like to recommend as well is like thinking about the purpose of your podcast. So would you have on your show potential clients? You know, sometimes we think like, we're going to put this podcast out there and, you know, everyone that's listening is a potential client, which that's amazing. But what if the people that you brought on could also be someone that you work with in the future and having those guests be someone that opens up doors and network and your network to other people as well. So I always think people kind of forget about that one. Um, And that's a really big one. And that's just how you get to meet new people. And then another one is... um, being a guest on someone else's show. So kind of that same idea is like going on to shows that you love the host of or if you know that their audience is a similar audience that you would want as your target client, having those conversations as well and like putting yourself out there that way as well to get in front of those ideal people. And that's why I think podcasting is so awesome. So like one thing I hear a lot is like, you know, is podcasting worth it? Because it's actually really, really hard to grow a podcast. It's hard Mm -hmm. to get new listeners because, yeah, like I can't really search in Apple Podcasts way that I can in YouTube. So kind of finding ways to kind of put yourself out there in other ways and drive the traffic back to your podcast is really important so that people get to know you and like, you know, become a fan, become someone that wants to subscribe and follow your show um, to build that like authentic relationship. And that's like another really great way too.
0: I, when you were
1: talking, the first thing that you were sharing about, about having a potential
0: client on the show, I literally like my mouth like dropped to the ground, and I was like, "Wow, I didn't even think of that because you're so right. having people on my show, I mean, i I love highlighting people. I love bringing up people on my show. I love for them to share in areas that I know that you know aren't my strengths or aren't my strong suits. And I love being able to, you know, shine that light on that person. But it's so true because number one, like the people who come on on any show, I don't care how like big or small your show is. They are so grateful for the opportunity to be able to share what they love and what they are passionate about with any audience, right? Like it wouldn't matter if there was five people listening or a thousand people listening. Like they are very thankful for that. And it's such a great way to open up dialogue because I can't tell you how many podcasts either I've been on or people that I've had on my podcast that like at the end of the podcast, after we're all done recording. We'll be like, you know, saying our goodbyes, like I'll be letting them know, like, when's the podcast going to air, all that stuff. And they're always like, if you ever, you know, need anything, if there's anybody that I can connect you with, please just let me know. I'm so happy to do that. Like people love to almost be that connector. So it's such a great way to, like you said, having potential people that you would want to work with on your show, but also just any, like, just using that as a way to network and expand. Um, Maybe you know somebody that you would love to work with runs in a similar circle with somebody who you can have on your podcast. And that's a really great way for them to make the introduction for you because you've kind of done them, quote unquote, a favor by having them on your show and giving them an opportunity to share their gift with your audience too. So I love that you brought that up. I've never even thought of it that way, but it's so, so true. That's like such a gold nugget right there. That's like mic drop moment. (laughs)
1: Well, and I think too, uh, like a lot of people really don't think of it that way. And it's not necessarily like a sales pitch or anything like that. But it's like if there's someone that an ideal person you would love to work with, and just meeting them most likely they know other people in that industry as well or in that niche and it really helps you get to know people because even though sometimes it feels like the like our online bubble is like enormous cuz of social media you'll realize that like there's like 6 degrees of separation and you know someone mm-hmm. that they know in the world and i love being able to connect that way
0: Yeah you're so so right it's so true and that's that's honestly like what I, I love telling my listeners and what I love telling women who go through my communities is we have to, because I know a lot of people, especially teachers, because that's a, you know a lot of what my audience is. They're like, well, I don't like to sell and I don't like to feel icky. And I tell them like, take the sales part out of it and just be a human, like just have a conversation with somebody and just get to know somebody just because. You know, it could be, it could lead to some, but something, or it just could be a really great um, friendship that could blossom. And maybe right now it's not going to, um, you know, point you in the right direction or lead you to potentially working with them or working with somebody else, but you never know where that could lead. And so I am in, I am like of the mindset and of the framework of have like figure out how many new conversations and new people you can meet just to meet, just to like introduce yourself and have nothing attached to it. No you know, no expectation of this has to lead to something. And you would be blown away with how your business can grow and develop from just taking that approach as opposed to being like, well, I I followed this person on Instagram. Like, how do I DM them and pitch them? It's like, just, just like relate to them, relate to them on a human level. And you never, like they could, they could end up coming back to you and being like, Hey, I'm seeing what you're doing. And I really want to work with you because, again, you've taken the time to nurture and grow a relationship that doesn't necessarily have a sales pitch attached to that. Do you you
1: agree with that, Brittany? A hundred percent. And I think, you know, I think as time goes on, like we're starting to pull up a little bit of like walls, like, you know, when we see those DMs come across Mm -hmm. and like, you know, I totally get that. But at the same time, like you do want to put yourself out there and just like ask a question and, like, get to know someone and, like, have that genuine interaction. And I think, like, especially, like, with podcasting, I've seen more and more service-based providers start podcasts because they're realizing that, you know, when it comes to growing a podcast, like, we think in our brains, like, you have to have, like, thousands of downloads. But as a service-based business owner, we can't have thousands of clients, especially not right away. So, like, if you think of it that way, like, if you were in a room with five people, With five people and all of them have said yes, like how huge would that be? Mm -hmm. You know? So, like, if you, like, I love thinking of it that way. Like, if there was only like 20 people in a room and, you know, you, you got, you were able to like get five of them as new clients, like that would be huge for you. And it could be the same with podcasting. Like, the numbers really don't matter that way when you're running a service based business because there's only so many clients you could take on, especially in the beginning. And it's such a great way to network with other service based business owners who are in like similar or like sister niches.
0: Yeah. So, so true. I love that, you know, shifting that perspective of it that like, oh, it's got to grow and I've got to hit, you know, this, this many downloads. And it's like, you know, you don't need that if that's not, I mean, unless you're going to grow this huge agency and you're, you know, you're going to have many, many clients. I know um, I can think of just like a handful of businesses who do have podcasts who have that type of agency model where they are working with you know, more substantial amount of clients. But if it's just you and, and maybe a VA like supporting, you don't, I I mean, I, when I was booked out, I think at most I had eight clients and that was, that was a lot, you know, especially for the work that I was doing for them. It was very intensive. So that was all that I could take. So if you've got, like you said, if you've got eight people or five people or whatever that number is for you listening, like that is an opportunity to build that know, like, and trust with them, to pour into them, to get them wins and just connect with them. And I will tell you most everybody that I have hired within my own business that I've, you know, like outsourced different pieces to have been from people who started with a connection started with just getting to know them on a personal level, you know, getting to see them online, them saying, like, oh my gosh, my son has that same, you know, hat or same glasses or something where they can, they again related to me on a human level. And then naturally I was like, oh, okay, let me go check out what they're doing. Um, so if you take that piece of it as I've got to have all these people or I've got to, you know, you don't have to. You have to connect with the right people and uh, again, not everybody but a handful of people and that will really make all the difference in your business.
1: Definitely. And I think too like for people who are just starting out and they're still trying to figure out like what their what their thing is and they've like started narrowing it down in their niche and you know they wanted to start a podcast like it's a great long-term investment because let's say in the future in your business you either want to grow an agency or you want to switch and have a different format for your business you already built this strong like audience and you built this strong like um, I like to call it like a content bank and you have all these like old episodes you can repurpose and it really helps you if you want to pivot in the future as well.
0: Yeah. Love it. Well, you have just shared so, so much with us today, Brittany. I so appreciate you sharing your journey, um, sharing what your business looks like behind the scenes, and then also how freelancers can add this layer to their business to help them to grow and to reach more clients. So I appreciate you so much. I know my audience is absolutely going to love this and I know they're going to love you. So will you please let us know where we can come connect with you, learn more about what you do and what you have to offer.
1: Yes. So I am over at hellopodcastmedia.com. That's my website. And I am also over on Instagram at Brit with two T's, Ring And you can totally send me a DM. I'd love to answer questions about podcasting. Um, but if you're, a, you know, if you want to like start a podcast and you're like, I don't know where to start or I don't know like how to structure it, I have a free workbook. It's five steps to launching a podcast. And that's at hellopodcastmedia.com forward slash workbook totally free and it kind of walks you through those beginning questions because I would say it's not necessarily like getting it off the ground that's the hard part it's getting it off the ground in the right way making sure you know like the vision for your show long term that really makes it successful so that you don't have like that burnout after like a couple of episodes
0: yeah. And it is. It, it That's one thing I will say. A podcast is a long game. It is not something overnight. I've been doing my podcast for three years and it took some time. There were some days where I'm like, what is the point of this? But I'm going to keep showing up and I'm going to keep doing it because I made this commitment and it definitely has paid off. So um, we will link all that up in the show notes for everybody to go and grab and to learn more about you. But thank you again for coming on today. It's been so great getting to chat with you